All right, and we are back for another episode of It Never Hurts to Ask. I am here with uh, with a guest I've wanted on for a while. I've been harassing you for a while to come do this. <laughs> yeah, Justin Porter, aka Dat Boy Supa, one of uh, if not the most talented rapper I've ever heard come out of Austin. I wouldn't say that, but I'll let you say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, Supa's got a couple albums that have come out. Um. And I believe you won the Austin Chronicle Best Best Rapper of the Year. Uh, yeah, 2014 uh, Album of the Year. And I believe it was Newcomer of the Year, something like that. And the Austin Hip Hop Awards as well. Um, so I, I want to sit down and talk with you a little bit about your career. And Bye. then just kind of chop it up, talk about... I know just from getting to know you a little bit on social media, yeah. we have some similar interest in hip hop. Oh, yeah. So just want to sit down, talk with you, talk about your career, where you, what you've done, where you hope to go. All right. Um, I, I guess start out with tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, as as he said, man, it's that boy super. Um, from um, originally from Dallas, Texas, moved out here to Austin like uh, 2008. Started rapping in 2013 or 2012. Uh, I'm gonna go with 12. And uh, I don't know, like, after my, my sister passed, basically, all right, so I moved out here. Uh, my sister, she, she contracted HIV. She passed in 2010. I was having a rough go of it, and I was trying to figure out a way to, um, to, to express myself and release some of that negative energy that I had built up. So I started writing, and then and I started spitting bars. And then next thing I know, I was rapping. <laughs> uh, 2012, I started doing shows and then um, put out a mixtape called Super Saiyan. And then um, that mixtape kind of blew up on that piff. And then uh, I went on and made an EP, which got me kind of some recognition around town uh, called uh, Raiders of the Lost Art. And then um, 2014, I released my album, Super Copper, which is the one we just mentioned won some awards. Yeah, yeah. I, and Super, Super Copper is great. One of the things I really like about you is you don't seem to have one one sound f from a production standpoint. It's nah. <laughs> Super Copper's all over the place. You've got some kind of a Curtis Mayfield sounding tracks on there, and then you've got some more modern beats on there. Yeah. You are, do you is that intentional, or do you hope to like kind of find a a lane, a groove, or do you like just kind of being able to spit on anything? I like doing anything, to be honest. Like, I feel like a lot of artists kind of put paint themselves in a box. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and I, I don't ever want to do that. I don't want to be in a box. I want to, matter of fact, on the way down here, I, <laughs> I listen to Rage Against the Machine on my show days to get amped up, just because yeah. that type of music. Rock gets me hyped. <laughs> so it, a lot of times, like, I listen to rock music and I rap over the, the rock tracks because that just gets me going. And lately, that's kind of what my style is starting to become. It's more more of that hype, rock-sounding rap. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, I, I, I just feel like an artist should be able to bob and weave through uh, multiple lanes. Yeah. And staying in one lane, that's, that's stagnant. I can't be stagnant. Yeah. Well, I agree. At the same time, there's some artists who found their lane and just crush it in that lane. Yeah. yeah. Dudes like Zero. We were talking about Big Crit earlier. Yeah, yeah. 
who just have mastered that one lane. But yeah. I, but yeah, not everybody can do that. Some people nah. try that and gets old real quick. For me, it gets old. Yeah, like for real. Like if I if I feel if I'm if I'm rapping on something and, and if I'm, it's kind of hard to explain, man. Like I just have a feel, I guess. So if I'm if I'm in a zone. That zone may be one day high energy tracks, and then the next day it may be something like a Curtis Mayfield player type track. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that laid back UGK type stuff where I'm spitting like that that Southern flow. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the next day you might hear something I'm going off on some Twister type stuff, and it's like, damn, so <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just what I do. I I, I can't. I just can't stay in one lane it just yeah, feel, yeah. it feels it feels weird to me to try it well one of the things that that's really refreshing about you is i feel like we've kind of entered this era of of mumble rap uh, and and all of that crap yeah and you can tell me if if this is wrong i feel like there's so many good producers out there now and it's mm -hmm. with all the you know technology computers it's a lot easier to become a good producer yeah that there's so many good beats out there that you could just throw shit down on a good beat, mm -hmm. and it's still gonna, it's still gonna slap to a degree because yeah. you got the good beat going. That's that's basically what to me what mumble rap is. It's basically a good beat with random talk over it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And and we know most people aren't even paying attention to what the person is saying. Like like Gucci Gang, for instance, he says Gucci Gang like 500 times on the damn track. He's an embarrassment, and and people think the shit jam. It's not the. It's not. It's not. He's jamming the beats dope, and he's just repeating the same line over and over. And it's easy for people to remember. It's catchy. It's not dope. It's yeah. just the the song is catchy because he says the same thing five hundred times. Yeah, I mean it's gonna get stuck in your head eventually if you keep hearing something over and over again. That's just the nature of of the brain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, well, and that's why, like you, you're a, a very technical rapper. Yeah. You you've got references and allusions in your songs that I'll go back and I'll hear off turn go back. Uh, you got the one song. You throw in a Hester Prynne reference. Yeah. You get literary on it. Yeah. And I was like, this guy's not fucking around. <laughs> and you know what? Some people don't even know who Hester Prynne is. I'm like, I thought everybody had to read that book. <laughs> you know, so I thought that was actually a high school requirement. <laughs> I, I heard it and I had to go back and Google it because I was like, is that? Oh, my God, he did. Yeah. <laughs> so so thanks for reminding me that I didn't pay enough attention in high school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so you... you when you kind of when Supercabra kind of blew up in what was that 2014 2015ish yeah um you blew up locally to a degree yeah um you had some shows around town uh, I've been to a couple of them you get the crowd hype oh yeah um did you tour around the state did you tour around the country at all did it did you get a chance to grow beyond austin i had multiple opportunities to grow grow beyond austin um i toured all over the state i've done shows in houston san antonio um dallas uh abilene el paso uh, corpus um i've done one show out of state in atlanta i I think it was 2013 i got selected to go down for the um the a3c conference uh, music festival oh yeah did that and rocked that uh that was the first and only time i've ever been on a plane um i have i have this crazy fear of flying which is why i have not expanded my brand too much beyond the borders of texas because 
I just I, I can't get on a flight. I've had opportunities to do shows and tours all over. I mean, overseas. I've been offered overseas tours um, in Europe. Um, I've been offered um, shows in New York, shows in L.A. I mean, you name it, I probably got the offer, and I just I don't know. When you when you flew to Atlanta, did you have like an episode or a panic attack or anything? Or yeah, of course, I, really? I knew it was going to happen because I, I mean, like I said, I had a fear of flying going in. I've never been on a plane, never planned on being on a plane, but when I got booked for that conference and everything that went with it, it was like okay, I feel obligated. Yeah, they 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 had they were giving us giving us a hotel room, um, drivers, and all this other stuff. So it was like, all right, well, they're going through all this. Um, this rigmarole to make sure that we're good out there, so I'm gonna go. So I have me, my crew, uh, my boy uh, Khalil was actually um, who was uh, DJ Premier's artist. He's he's who I was rolling with, and we we just went out there with our crew, and I think having my friends kind of made it a little easier, but it still was pretty tough. What is <laughs> what does a that boy super meltdown on a plane look like? Like are you are you, are you sitting because you're a bit, people can't see you right now, but you're you're a pretty big dude like me. Yeah. Are you are you crying on the plane? Or are you just super <laughs> tensed up on the plane? Like what's how does it manifest for you? It was it was it was I was very tense on the plane. And then um I basically had an episode where I lost it for a bit. Not not crying or anything like that, but just like like you see a crazy person doing crazy shit type mm-hmm. thing. I was that crazy person on the plane looking around, you know what I'm saying, scratching myself, like what the fuck's going on? And um was that your first time flying ever? First time ever. Wow. And okay. uh, luckily, I so they didn't tell my, my homies and no one told me that there's that there's like a change in pressure. I mean, I should know that because I'm a smart motherfucker, but I didn't <laughs> at the time. I'm, you know, I'm in my head. So yeah. the change in pressure makes your ears do weird shit. Yeah. And well, when we hit when we were going up, uh, my ears started doing weird shit. So as you're sitting next to me and I could hear you talking. You're talking to me, and now your voice is starting to fade away. Yeah, and I yeah. can't hear you anymore. And I'm, I could see you. I could see you moving your lips. I could see you talking to me, but I can't hear anything. So I'm sitting there. People all around me are talking, and I can't hear them. So I'm looking at everyone talking. And I'm like, "What the fuck?" I just started panicking. I had a panic attack right there. Luckily, there was a pilot sitting behind me. He taps me on the shoulder. I turn around. He basically holds his nose and ba- does like a blowing motion. So I do that. And my ears pop and I can hear everyone again. And I was like, oh, shit. All right. After that, I was calm the rest of the flight. Yeah. But that in that moment, I thought I was, I actually said, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. What the fuck's going on? My homies laughed at me the whole trip. Were you high or anything on the flight? Wasn't I. Stone no, cold sober? I was so sober as could be. Have you, have you thought about talking to like a doctor or therapist, like getting, because I, I don't have a fear of flying. I actually love planes. I've uh, took it a flying lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm scared of heights, which yeah. is weird. But the thing about planes that gives me anxiety is the uh, the people being cramped in mm-hmm. with people. That stresses me out. Yeah. Um, I flew to Germany. It's a 13-hour flight. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I took like a, a like a I went to the doctor, told him, hey, look, I got a little bit of anxiety around people in tight spaces. And he prescribed me some Xanax, took mm. one of those and it doesn't knock you out, but it, it just takes the that exactly. edge off yeah. a little bit. Have you thought about doing something like that to kind of I, I have? But I have this thing. I don't like taking medication. Yeah. I don't like taking medication Fair. for anything. Um, it's it's rare. If, if I take something, it's because I 
absolutely have to. I'm in so much pain that it's 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 necessary. I don't I don't like to I just don't I like to have all my faculties about me. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do any of it. Well, okay, I, I don't anymore. <laughs> I was gonna say you got a song called Drinks. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Is at pretty that, much an ode to getting yeah, trashed. At that time, well, you know what? It's just it's entertainment. So, but true, at that time, true. I did drink and I was getting lit. But I stopped at like two thousand. Actually, around the time I was writing Supercabra. Matter of fact, I yeah. think that's when I stopped smoking and drinking. Actually, I stopped smoking well before that, but I stopped drinking around the time I started writing Supercabra. I got a question about Supercabra, and it's an uncomfortable question as a white boy for me to ask. And I uh, think you and I have talked about it on Facebook back and forth before. My favorite song on that on yeah. that album. There's yeah. a song called, and I'm going to say it because we're adults, but it's called Boss Nigga. Yeah. And I, I ask this question of any rapper I can get in front of because I always, I tend to hear one argument from rappers yeah. and then I hear another argument from everybody else in culture. As a white person jamming out to, to Dat Boy Supa, enjoying Boss Nigga, rapping along to the song, mm-hmm. as a white person, is it okay for me to be rapping that word to the song or should I be editing myself when I'm rapping along, which it, as the artist, what's your opinion? It's funny because I, I, with the whole Kendrick Lamar thing, I had to think about this. I had a friend who, um, who's in Mexico in college, and he's uh, writing a paper currently, and he he referred to me and asked me the, basically the same question recently, and I told him after I got to thinking about, it, I was like, as an artist, I don't want to, um, I, I don't censor my art. Mm-hmm. I don't expect the person who's listening to my music to censor the art either. I wrote the art for everyone, everyone to jam out to. Um, if I'm going to say it in the song and I want you to enjoy my song, and I know I sing along with every fucking song that I listen to, I know people are going to be singing along with songs, you should be able to sing along with it as well. Yeah, that That's how I feel about it. Now, other people probably feel differently. I, if if I wrote it, <laughs> I want you to enjoy it. You should be able to sing it. With and me. that tends to be the consensus of when I ask that question to, to different artists. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the comedian W. Kamal Bell? No, I'm not. He's got a he's got a show on CNN. He, he's worked with Chris Rock before. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him in Austin a couple years ago, and we got to talking. And he's a very intellectual dude. A lot of his. Uh, bits and, and routine involve race and culture and society. Yeah. And I asked him that same similar question, um, you know, in context of hip hop, mm-hmm. is this acceptable or not? And he looked at me, he said, white people, and he, he used the hard R, so I'm going to quote him, <laughs> but he used the hard R. He goes, white people say nigger whenever they want. Yeah. They just have to be prepared to handle the consequences of doing so. That's that's absolutely true. Which is yeah, absolutely th- true. That's fair. That's fair. I, mean, I feel like if I'm saying it at a super show, mm-hmm. and I'm not yelling it out louder than every other word of the song, <laughs> yeah. but if I'm rapping along this to this song, there's a five percent chance somebody might turn around and, and have issue with it. Yeah. But usually in context of the hip hop show, everybody kind of understands. Look, we're all here to gr- enjoy this together. Yeah. But if I go down the street yelling it out, that's a completely different. I'm going to face different yeah, consequences, exactly. and I understand that, and everybody else should too. And it's it's kind of a weird dynamic for me because again, if if you're singing along with my song or whatever, then I'm cool. I'm cool. But I've I've gone to a show where I had to check a person of of Caucasian <laughs> <laughs> who was on stage freestyling himself, and he was just dropping it left and right, and I'm just sitting in the crowd like. 
fuck's wrong with this man? You know Paul what I'm saying? Paul doesn't do it. Like, Eminem yeah. doesn't do it. It's like, what the fuck is wrong? Everybody's, and it was funny because like, people just in the crowd, even the white folks, black folks, we all kind of started looking at each other and shit. And I was like, I walked up to the stage, did this number here, let him know. And he's, oh, my bad, my bad. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to snatch you off the stage. You say that shit one more time. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he didn't say it again after that. But it's, it's one of those things where, like I said, if, if it's in the context of you rapping along with a song, I'm cool with that because the artist said it, you're rapping along with it, you're enjoying the song. Now, if you're just saying it just be, to be saying it, that's a completely different thing. Yeah. We, we, I got a problem with that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, are you, do you have plans to record more albums? Because you, you've moved from Austin, you, you've moved up to Dallas. Yeah. Are you planning on recording up there? Man, I have finished um, my new album. It's done as far as recording. Uh-huh. Um, I don't, man, I, there was an issue with, I guess, my uh, my normal um, engineer. I have no clue what happened, to mm-hmm. be honest, man. I, I've been trying to reach out to him, contact him, just say what's good. Um, never got any response from him, but he he sent me all my stems and my my, my tracks so i'm like now i just got to find someone to mix everything again so once i get that get it mixed i'm gonna release this album i've already started working on my next two albums so i'm, I'm this one should have been out 2000 late 2016 early 2017 so i'm not even i mean it's to me it's old hat you know what i'm saying yeah. like the one i'm about to drop it's called uh oh shit what the fuck is it called PPT, I can't even remember what the P stand for now. <laughs> Perspective, uh, something in Tree Illusions. I, I have to look it up. Sorry if you're listening and you're like, this motherfucker don't know the name of his own shit. <laughs> but yeah. Um, what's Perception, that's what it is. Perspective, Perception, and Tree Illusions. Sorry. Right, there go you ahead. go. Um, how many tracks are on it? Uh, right now it's going to be eight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So kind of a mix between an EP and an LP type yeah, size. exactly. It's weird because, like, I had it in my mind to do eight, and then now Kanye, good music, Every- are dropping all these seven-track albums yeah. back to back. I'm like, you motherfuckers, I was going to do it first two years ago. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what, do, what do you think about the whole Kanye thing? I got my opinions, but I want to hear yours. Man, I don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, that, honestly, it's like, to me... He he's entitled to his opinion and whatever he feels. I mean, I'm it don't I saw a whole bunch of people debating about it. Like I took a break from Facebook and I was glad I did because that happened right during the time I took my break. And I'm just glad that I wasn't around to have to deal and and see and listen to all of that crap. You know what I'm saying? Now it's it still found a way to infiltrate my day to day. I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> like he, Kanye West said what? Okay. How does that affect me today? Fair. It, it doesn't. So, all right, I'm gone. I'm going to keep walking all over and going about my business. So, yeah, it, it, I don't have an opinion on it. I don't care. <laughs> That's probably the best way to handle Kanye, honestly. Yeah, it's the best way to handle basically everyone. <laughs> like, um, what? Who are some of your... I'm going to ask this, I guess I'm going to ask two different questions. First, who would you say are some of your influences? Like, if I if someone to sit down and go, "Hey, you know who you remind me of? You remind me of X, Y, and Z." Yeah. Who would you hope to be compared to? Or 
Well, or, or do you try to do your own thing? You don't want to be compared to anybody. I try to do my own thing, but it's no secret who my favorite rapper is. Like Royce Defy Nine to me is like to me is the greatest rapper I've ever heard. You know what I'm saying? Like um, everyone thinks Eminem is probably like of the, of the two because you know, Eminem and Royce are kind of you know homies and do the good bad meets evil bullshit. But to me, Royce just something about the way he spits his bars and what he says. And how he says it, he it, it just it, it resonates with me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And like, dude is he he can spit like hard shit, and then in the same breath of him spitting that hard shit, he'll drop a line in there that'll fucking make you laugh. And I'm just like, did he yeah. just say that? And I, I'm, I, I laugh because it's like a joke mixed in with some hard shit. And I'm like, not many artists can can perform can can do that can make you laugh while also teaching you and and. and breaking down some real shit at the same time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's, it's a it's a tough combination. And then with with all of that, I mean, dude's just a phenomenal lyricist. He is. Yeah. I've not heard his new album. Oh, man. Album of the year right now, in my opinion. But uh, but Prime, the new yeah. Prime album mm-hmm. with him and DJ Premier. Yeah. It, I, it's no secret that I've got a very heavy Southern Texas musical bias in my tastes. Of course. <laughs> but that album's ridiculous. Yeah. The, 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 I appreciate that he could he could tell a story, mm-hmm. that he can articulate. Full, like, it's one thing to just spit nasty bars. Yeah. And to have some rhymes. But to actually, uh, there's something I really appreciate about being able to communicate full thoughts, a story, a narrative, talking about growing up, his parents, he has a line about being born premature and his parents Mm -hmm. having to raise him and getting kicked out of the hospital because he didn't have insurance. Their parents didn't have insurance. You know, um, the new album, Book of Ryan, mm -hmm. that he, he dropped, it's it's. It's all it's basically all story and it's about his life. So it's like it's so good at the end of listening to it. You think, you know, this dude personally, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's it's one of those like I know I know who your brother is. I know about your mom. I know your dad now. I know him by name just about, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, it's like he, he brings you completely into his life. And that's for me, for an, to me, for an artist to do that. It's hard, first of all, because as an artist, it's hard for me to express myself to let you in and open up that much. That takes a lot. Yeah. So for him to do that and the way he did it on that album, is it was phenomenal to me. Well, it's one thing to do that lyrically, mm-hmm. and, he, and he could do it. Um, I feel like Big Crick can do it. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other dudes who kind of just let you in mm-hmm. to who the... At least it feels like they're letting you into who they are as people. Yeah. But there's also the social media component mm-hmm. that's new to the game these days. Yeah. And that's one thing that really turned me on to you was I found you on some Facebook page, some, hey, check this song out, mm-hmm. listen to it. Oh, this goes hard. Let me get a couple more songs. Yeah. Oh, this is great, too. I don't remember how I ended up adding you on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And this is what, back in 2014 or 15? Yeah. And just... You're a real dude. You're mm-hmm. talking about your. You're not all chains and glitter and look nah. at me. It's oh, I got to go to work at a pizza joint today. Or <laughs> yeah. I gotta, you know. So you're a real dude. You're you're self-deprecating. You're humble, mm-hmm. but you're also social. So like over the years, you and I have exchanged messages and posts and discussions on this and that. Yeah. And I it, it makes me as a as a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel a little bit more connected yeah. to you. Like I feel almost like you're my homie. We've all, I've shook your hand at the show, and this is the, really the first time we've sat down and talked. Yeah, yeah. 
but I feel like I know you to a degree. Yeah. Um, have you? Do you have that relationship with with a lot of fans where it's like, oh, this guy's been jamming with me for a couple of years. He's been mm-hmm. following me. We've t- chopped it up on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Yeah. Do you feel like that has has helped your career? I think most definitely. I have some. I have, it's weird, I have some friends who started out as fans, you know what I'm saying? Like, my homegirl, Christine, she's, she, I met her at a show when I first, one of the first shows I did at a a little hole-in-the-wall club in San Antonio. Um, And me and her have been, like, real cool ever since. She even came, she she got, I don't know, she's probably going to be mad at me for telling her business, but she got into, like, some some issues where she needed a place to stay, and she stayed with me for, like, six months or some some shit. Yeah. And it was like, it was just like, whatever. I mean, you, you the homie. You know what I'm saying? You started, she started out as a fan, and then she just became a homie. We kept communicating back and forth. And that's not just because she's a chick. It's happened with a lot of different people. So you said I'm going to crash on your couch if I get no real pinch? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, like, <laughs> nah, but, but it's, it's it's like that with pretty much, I'm like that with everyone, man. I'm a, I'm a social individual. Uh, I like to talk to people. Um, and I'm a, I like to think I'm a pretty cool dude. So I try to extend a, a hand to everyone. If you if you say what's up to me, I'm going to say what's up to you and shake your hand. Yeah. That's, that's what it is, what it is. Yeah. Um. So I asked you who, who you, you know, Royce the 5'9", big influence for you. Um, question I like to play with people is, uh, say you're a, uh, I'm not going to do what I'm not going to use. Usually I ask this question in context of a plane. I'm not going to do that to you because you got your anxiety. <laughs> Let's say you're on a boat. All right. Boat gets you stranded on a desert, uh, desert island. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, your phone gets damaged. You've only got three artists you got their entire catalogs but that's all you can listen to as long as you're on this island well you already know who one of them is that's not even a question. <laughs> so who are your who are your three your three your groups your your dudes artists it's gonna royce is gonna be one that's that's mm-hmm. a given um another one's more than likely gonna be system of a down okay. and then for my final one jeez man i that's gonna be tough because i don't want to uh, probably Stevie Wonder. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna go Stevie because, like, you can't see with. I think that's a good mix of music. Yeah. So you know, what I mean, I, I Royce is gonna give me bars. So I'm gonna be if I'm in the mood for some hip hop, that's Royce all day. System of a Down is gonna give me that energy, make me feel like I can I can rule the world and get crunk and chop down this tree and get <laughs> get me some give me some shelter. Boat with you know this, yeah. And then Stevie's just gonna gonna make me chill and, and just like enjoy life. Even even if I'm stranded here, I'm gonna listen to Stevie and I'm just gonna enjoy myself. I'm gonna feel good about life. It, it's something about the the energy of a Stevie Wonder song just makes me feel good. It warms my heart. Bill so, Withers does that for me. Uh, oh, Bill Withers is a great 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 fucking great songwriter great singer few people sing about love better than bill yeah the dude's he's phenomenal yeah (laughs) um so you said you you grew up in dallas what part of dallas pleasant grove okay okay so south dallas yeah um what made you move to austin because austin's not exactly a a black cultural mecca if you will honestly um i was getting in a lot of trouble uh gangs fighting just being a bad person um I have a friend who <clears throat> who lives out here. Uh, his name's Randy. Shout out Randy. Um, he he hit me up. He was like, "Hey, so if you need a spot and you want to change your life, why don't you come out here and stay with me?" I was like, "You know what? Let's try. Let's see what happens." So he came down to Dallas, scooped me up. I moved up here uh, with him, 
And the day I moved, I won't say the day I moved up here, I I just got settled into his apartment, walked out, walked out the house and just went walking. Walked left, right, and I saw Papa John's and started working there. Like, I walked in there. <laughs> it was weird. I walked in there. The GM was like, hey, yo, what you doing? Da, da, da. Cool dude, Thomas. And um, he hired me on the spot. And I walked in there. I looked. At that moment, I was probably one of the thuggiest-looking motherfuckers you'd see. Yeah, like, you used to have the dreads and yeah, everything. Yeah. that that Back then, I didn't have the dreads. Oh, okay. I had... I had I had the uh I had the cornrows with the uh with the red beads on red I was red everything basically and I walked up in there and I just looked like I was about to rob the joint <laughs> he hired me and I was like all right so that was a pretty cool thing that he did man so I shout out to Thomas too for giving me that job I ended up being a GM at Papa John's for about three or four years that uh the owner of Papa John seems like kind of an asshole. I, I I can't say that on blogs. <laughs> I'm gonna let you say that. I'll say that. Come at me, Papa John. Um, what are you doing now, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, currently, I'm working at Amazon. Okay. Uh, and I'm thinking I'm actually leaning towards moving back to Austin, so I'm looking um, for things out here. Um, but I'm working at Amazon, of course, making a little bit of money off the music and. Yeah, I'm surviving. Do you so that's something that interests me the the financials of the music game, especially for like an independent up mm-hmm. and coming artist. Yeah. Do you get small checks from shit like Spotify and everything? Yeah, I get. Yeah. Is it is not is it enough to live on or no? Not really. Uh, from Spotify, <laughs> Spotify, it's enough to give me a burger every couple. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But it's like with with my um what's it my publishing and all this other things that I got going on uh, cuz everything you know I, I I own all my music so everything's registered so I get I get changed from that but Spotify um I have a song called Love Unconditional that's done very well um very very well and Spotify pays me pretty good for that song. Yeah. The rest of them is like, eh, I'm all right. But that song in particular, yeah. Can you, now I, well, I assume you could see stats and trends and stuff from it. Do they give you that kind of data? I, at first, uh, they updated the site. Now I got to figure out how to look at that again. But yeah. Can um, you, can you tell when it, I assume like it will pop up, like, will it just get big at just different points, like three yeah. months down the road? For whatever reason, that song gets on a playlist or somewhere, and you see a spike in yep. listens. Yep, and that that's basically what happened. I still have no clue how it happened or what happened. Um, I know, I know. There's a um, I can't remember her name, but an Instagram person who has a lot of Instagram followers. Uh, she got a hold to the joint and she posted it in one of her videos, and she has like 200K something followers or something, and a lot of people started asking about the song, and she tagged me. And then I, I ain't paying no mind. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And next thing I know, um, the song just blew up on Spotify. I mean, like 100,000-something plays like in a month, and I was like, what the fuck happened? You know yeah. what I'm saying? It was crazy. So I was like, all right, well, shout out. Thank you. Well, yeah, can you tell me... What's what's a hundred thousand plays on Spotify gonna pay you? That I don't know the exact amount. Uh, Spotify, if I'm not mistaken, is like point oh eight cents or some shit like that. So, it's it's it wasn't it was a decent like maybe a hundred bucks or something. Okay, but it wasn't like no life changing amount of money. So it's every saying? couple months you might get a check for a nice dinner or something like yeah, that. That's about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, do you do ghostwriting or writing for anybody? 
Um, I have. I'm not at liberty to say who I wrote for. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I, I have done some ghostwriting. I won't let anyone write for me, though. Um, I don't know, because it just feels weird. Because yeah. I like to tell my own story and 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 just invite people into what I'm thinking at the moment. Uh, but yes, I have done some writing for others. Any, you won't name names. I'm going to ask you to, but any names people would know if locally. Okay, okay. Because yeah, yeah. I know a couple other rappers, um, particularly out of the Dallas area. One of them does some ghost writing, yeah. and he was he would get called to th- some of those record conference like mm-hmm. writing workshops yeah. where you would just I guess write a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. throw it into a a hat, and then. And then yeah, the Six will, months down the road, yeah. whoever's pulled it out of a hat, and you're getting some change for it. Yeah, now, I've uh, I've had opportunities to write for some major uh, artists, but um, they didn't choose my my writing. But yeah, <laughs> I have I have tried my hand at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, being from Texas, who are some of your big Texas? Uh, musical influence. We all know it's UGK, man. I just want to hear you say I it. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if anyone from Texas says that they aren't influenced these, at least a little bit by UGK, they need to move. Yeah, that, that's, no, that's I fair. Mean, I had this discussion with, uh, are you familiar with Fat Tony from Houston? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was my second guest I had on the show. Uh-huh. Um, real nice dude, but we were talking about this. And I've had this argument with others. Um, UGK and Outcast. Yeah. Two of the greats of all time. Yeah. Probably the two greatest, I'm, I'm a little biased as a Southerner, but probably the two greatest hip-hop duos mm-hmm. in the history of hip-hop. You got Eric B. and Rakim. You got uh, Gangstar, but, yeah. I mean, there's not not a lot of them. No. But in terms of length of their career. 8-Ball and MJG. 8-Ball and MJG. Oh, I can't believe I just left them out. Yeah. But the, the discussion I've had, Outkast clearly more popular than UGK. Globally, nationally, you go up to New York, people are gonna know Outcast. Yeah. It's a crapshoot if they're gonna know UGK. Well, they should. <clears throat> I they mean, should. considering that Jay Z had the big pimping joint with. Mm-hmm. But now, I think we've actually had this discussion before online. I think you know where I'm going with it. Yeah, yeah. You and I went back and forth about it. basically for people listening. Um, same question I had. Fat, uh, I asked Fat Tony is. I argue that in terms of influence of culture and hip hop and music, UGK is more influential than Outkast. Not necessarily bigger, not more famous, but in terms of artists down the road mm-hmm. who you can directly hear influence from their music. Yeah. UGK is, yeah, you, I've heard UGK and Beyonce, mm-hmm. Drake, T.I. Ludacris, uh, ASAP Rocky. In terms of influence, I would argue that they're more influential musically than Outkast. I would have to wholeheartedly disagree. All right, well, well, convince me. I I just, I believe that overall, like, Outkast had so much more impact and influence on music. I mean, first off, 90% of the rappers out right now, not not just right now, but who came out and are still coming out, are coming out of Atlanta. They have to be influenced in some way, shape, or form by Outkast and Dungeon Family. It's just you—you you can't come out of Atlanta and not have 
some sort of inf- just like how I mentioned about Texas. You can't come out of Texas and not have some sort of have have been influenced by UGK. You just can't. It it, it doesn't happen. And I feel the same way about Atlanta. And considering that most of the rappers out are coming out of Atlanta. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, coming out of Atlanta, sure. But like, you you, you hear some UGK influence out of Kendrick. Out of like, I, I and I hear I hear Andre and Ken, Kendrick as well. Yeah, and you, you can't you can't tell me that you can't hear some some three stacks and when you hear some Kendrick. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and that's any dope lyricist who's out, especially from the South. You're gonna hear, you're definitely gonna hear some Andre influence, and <clears throat> I also believe you're gonna hear hear some Pimp C influence because, and that's well, people. I think people who listen to UGK fail to realize a lot of times how dope of a lyricist Pimp C was. He oh, he yeah. would say he would say some of the simple, not not even simple shit, but like a simple bar, and he would say it with so much swag to it. You just be like, damn. He has you know one of the most unique voices yeah. in, in hip hop. Yeah, man. I was, like, I think I was 10 years old when I first heard Pimp C. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Why does he have a sinus infection? But I like it. <laughs> pimp, pimp, man. You couldn't fuck with the pimp, man. But, no. but the production, I, a, a friend of mine from Germany, mm-hmm. we were hanging out, and she's like, let me play you some, some hip hop from Germany. Like, well, all right. Now, let me hold on. I don't mean to cut you off on your show, but now if you're going to, if you're going to include, the production aspect. Well, that's that's what I mean when All I right. say when I talk about UGK's influence, yeah. I, I'm talking all of it. Okay, and that's right. that's what I'm like. All right, well then, I'm, I, there's no argument there. So so yeah, I'm right. You're right. So, you're right. All right. So right. I want it. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> from what they did from a sonic point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my friend from Germany playing uh, some German hip hop, and I hear the uh, the hand snare, the hand clap snare mm-hmm. in the background. I was like, yeah, but Pimp C and um, Mike Dean, they pioneered that in yeah. early '90s, yeah, and yeah. it's made its way over to Germany. <laughs> I mean, now if we if we include it was, it was if we include the Dungeon family into the Outcast, then maybe there's an argument for production. Yeah, but if we're just talking Outcast, just talking UGK, then UGK well, would have more of an influence because because of the sound of the production as well as the the music itself. And I guess that's one reason I am so biased <clears throat> towards UGK. And another reason I'm, I'm big on big crit is they are, they're one-stop shops. You got your yeah. production, you got your writing, you've got your, your bars all under one roof. Yeah. UGK it was Pimpsey's putting the beats together. Yep. Bunby's coming in and destroying on him and Pimpsey's going to do his Pimpsey shit yeah, on him. Yeah. Big crit, same thing. He's writing, he's mixing, <clears throat> mastering. It's all yeah. one vision under one roof outcast amazing but they've got a little bit more a little little few more hands in in the kitchen if you will definitely making everything work definitely um have you thought about yourself getting into the production side of things (laughs) i tried it once uh and i won't try that again i'm gonna leave that to people who know what the fuck they're doing yeah (laughs) yeah when you so I've been a hip hop fan my whole life, but yeah. some of the stuff's still a mystery to me. You're, you're going in to record an album. Yeah. Do you sit down with different producers and you just go, Hey, show me some beats. I like this beat. I like this beat. I like this. Or do you sit down and go, Hey, this track I want, uh, you know, a Southern playlist, a Cadillac music vibe to it. Yeah. Or I want, I want something with some horns in this, or I want, or 
is it is it more that or is it more here's a catalog of songs pick out what you like and do your thing on top of it it was pick out a cat go go to the catalog uh pick out songs and do what i do it has now evolved into this is what i want can you create that so that that's where i'm at does that come with a little bit more success a little bit more money to invest in that side of things or or what it's come with experience just knowing what i like you know what i'm saying knowing the sounds that i like rather Um, than trying to find what you like tell them what you like and have it exactly like this i want i want this to feel like like a um i want this to feel like a parliament funkadelic type shit I want this to give me some more uh, jazz flute in this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Stuff like that. You want that. some Ron Burgundy in yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> give me some, make sure Ron Burgundy is actually on the track. <laughs> like, for real. I mean, that's that's what it's become because I I, I know what I like and I know I'm, I'm starting to get an ear for the tempos that I like as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, all right, I want, I want, I want them to create something that's specific for Super, not something that that's... Uh, Oh, cookie cutter. Yeah. Anyone can get in it. We were talking earlier about how you're, you're kind of, you could be a self-deprecating dude. You're, yeah. you're a pretty humble dude, I think. Yep. Um, one of your kind of marketing pushes, slogans, if you will, back in the day was uh, you had shirts printed up that said, fuck Supa. He ain't shit. And Supa ain't shit. <laughs> what? Usually, rap such a braggadocious, arrogant, cocky thing, yeah. and you're coming out going... Nah, I ain't shit. Yeah. What, what was, was that an inside joke with somebody or like what? what Actually, it started, started out like, that. um, there's a group called the Dirty Worms who actually was first I ever heard anyone doing that. And I thought it was just the dopest thing ever because they were on stage. Uh, shout out to uh, Smackola, um, on stage talking about fuck the Dirty Worms because they ain't shit. And I was like, damn, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? So basically, when I say it, it's an homage. It's an homage to to that. Okay. And 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 I took it and ran with it because I also feel the same way because I ain't I ain't did shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I, I'm dope in my own right, but I've done nothing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like in 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 the grand scheme of things, like I'm just a speck. So it's like I right, I ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> Even and so I think it's fun for I think it's fun for my fans to say it. When we're at a club, they're gonna have fun with it, and I think it's fun for my haters to say it. They be like, "Yeah, yeah, fuck him, he ain't shit." Yeah. So, it, it, it's the best of both worlds. And I, I've always enjoyed it, especially like on Facebook or something. It's almost, yeah, like you said with the fans, it's kind of fun to be like, "Hey, fuck you, you ain't shit." But it's, it, you can tell it comes from a place of love. Exactly. It's exactly that's and, and you'll it's, post something or you'll brag about something. Hey, you ain't shit. It, yeah. And it's, you know, it's said with love. You know, I'm basically saying. Hey, I ride with you. Yeah, exactly. And that's 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 why I love it because it's like again, my fans can can enjoy it and say it and, and have fun with it. And then the haters can say it and I I just I take it and stride both ways cuz it's like, "Hey, I love you too." You know what I mean? <laughs> Either way. <laughs> if if you were able to get over the flying thing. Yeah. Where would you want to First off, where's the the craziest place you've been asked to come do a show? Um, I'd say I wouldn't I haven't been Invited to anything really crazy. You mentioned Europe. Yeah, I've I've actually like I've been invited to do Amsterdam, to Germany, to Australia. Um, the European tour was going to be with, um, in con- I guess, a connection conjunction with my boy Khalil, 
who again was uh, signed with DJ Premier's label. So I was going to be going with him. Um, was DJ Premier going to be on that tour too? Or yeah, I mean, you turned down a tour with DJ Premier because you're scared of flying. Yeah, God damn it, <laughs> super. Come on. <laughs> This was, uh, when was this? I want to say it was like 2013, 2014. It was around the same time that uh, that we linked up and did the uh, A3C show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Have you met Premier? Yeah. Nice. Premier, Premier, oh, I, I thought this was like, my bad. I, I actually thought this was like known facts. For, yeah, I've met Premier. Premier has, we broke bread, uh, smoke. I think it's. I hope it's known that he smokes, but we <laughs> great. If not, my, if not, for all forty three people listening know, to this right? show. Um, but yeah, um, we he's shouted me out on his um, on one of his mixtapes. Um, he hell, he even wished me happy birthday on, on his Twitter and shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like this is yeah. He was he was the homie and mentor for a little while. Is he is he is he probably the biggest name that you've like? As they hooked up with, connected yeah, with? Yeah, definitely. Have you had any reception or love from any other big names people might know? Um, let's see. Uh, uh, what's that dude's name? Dap me up on stage. Uh, Waka Flocka. Uh, I was doing, <laughs> everybody in Austin knows about this uh, Waka Flocka show who uh, he... The, the promoters just royally fucked this show up. It was it was bad. It was supposed to be at one venue. That venue got closed the night of the show. Uh, somebody else was luckily had a connect, moved it over to a venue across the street. Waka Flocka shows up. He he didn't get his bread. I was on stage when he comes in, and I'm rocking that bitch. He comes up on stage, walks across, daps me up, walks off stage. People went nuts, man. It was it was fucking crazy. Uh, did he end, did he end up doing the show after you? No, nah, he didn't do the show. He just came, gave you some love, <laughs> yeah, and said, "Fuck yeah. this, I'm gone." <laughs> he didn't do. They didn't have his money. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. left, and uh, I think they. I think he went to, like Club Barcelona after that. Like he left, went down the street, um, <laughs> was having fun with fans who were following him, and uh, he just had a good time on Sixth Street, from what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was funny as shit. That motherfucker. They didn't have his money, so he didn't do that shit. <laughs> other than other than Royce the Five Nine, yeah. Um, who would you want to do a feature with or a collab with? Oh, damn, that's a good question. Cause, ooh, I'd have to think. In, about, in a magic in magic world, uh, DJ Premier calls you up. Hey, you know what? I got a couple songs. Who yeah. do you want on with you? I'll make it happen. I'd say Abso. Like Abso to me is probably one of the coldest lyricists out. He can that motherfucker cold. Uh, Abso would be one. Um, then let's see how many did you say or just one whatever two okay. three f- fifteen whatever <laughs> Abso would be one uh, I mean I'd be remiss if I didn't say Andre Andre 3000 like that would be good luck nobody's be, getting yeah, into nobody's, rap <laughs> but if we could yeah bruh you know what I mean that would be the dream uh, I think I think the dream track I if I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say this the dream track would be to get if I could do a song with me featuring Andre 3000, Frank Ocean, and Royce, even though you said I couldn't mention Royce, <laughs> I think that would be like, that be would like just a be like a six-minute track. That would be some crazy shit. Yeah. I think that would be crazy. <laughs> who would you want to produce by? Oh, damn. Who would produce that? Shit, that's a good question, too. I have to... Is Dungeon Family still doing a lot of production these days? They, I think they are, but I think for that, I, I would probably lean on Crit. 
I probably Ooh, would. I think I would lean on crit. Language. Yeah, I think I would lean on crit because crit's got that. He's got that 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 soulful sound. The to melodic. It. Yeah. So I think I think crit would bring something that that Andre could could riff to either do his singing shit or his rapping shit. Yeah. And then Frank, you know, he gonna he gonna sing his ass off on whatever. And then Royce is gonna spit some bars over that shit. So it's like. That would be a joint that people would be like, damn, Super, you got that? Yeah. Yeah, I got that, fam. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I, I like about Crit so much in terms of his production is you you can he actually released one of his albums straight instrumentals. All oh, just the yeah. beats. Oh shit. And it plays like an album. Like yeah, it's not yeah. just repetitive beat, 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 beat. Mm-hmm. It's there's yeah. horns, there's a flow to it. It's a whole melody in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, and and a lot that a lot of people don't do that. They on that fruity loop shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and it's I need I need some substance to my beats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, are there any? Feel free to not answer this if you don't want to get yourself in trouble. But are there any any rappers out now? Any big rappers that you just can't stand? No, oh, no. Nah. There's a lot of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're like, like, do you hear people out like you, somebody's popping and you look at that and you look at, you know what you can do and you just go, yeah. how the fuck are they big and I'm not? Not necessarily from a jealousy perspective, yeah, but just yeah. a well, talent. I mentioned the one song earlier, the Gucci gang. Lil I don't Pump even know who the fuck is. Lil, that's Lil his name? Pump, I think. Okay, yeah. I don't know the dude's name. That's yeah. that's like, all I know is the name of the fucking song because yeah. people, it was popping for a minute. Like, if it's Lil Pump, Lil Dump, whatever the fuck. Like yeah, him, uh, Takashi. Uh, I've never even heard a Takashi song. That that's what's that's what <laughs> I guess that's what was blows my mind. Is I, I haven't heard a song and yet he's so popping. I'm like, how's he? It, it just seems like it's it's just a big Bojangling. Yeah, like. I think a lot of what what makes reality people, show it's not the music exactly. That's exactly. And what I feel going like Kanye is going down that path to yeah. a degree where it's more about what he's doing on Twitter and, you know, off mic than what he's doing in the studio. I think that's affecting Kanye so negatively because, again, with what he said and what had had people going nuts or whatever about the slavery shit, it, it, it made people look at, like, this new Kanye album, this Ye album. I got it. I was listening to it on the ride down. To me, it's a good album. I listened to it, but I listened to it with no bias. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't care about what he said, like I told you, that shit don't bother me. It, ain't, it don't. It doesn't affect my day to day life. So I went into the album with zero bias. Listened to the album. I thought it was a dope album. I see people's reviews and they're like, "Oh fuck, Kanye, this shit's trash." This, that, and other. I'm like, "How is it trash? It, it's a it's a good album." Full full disclosure, I have not heard the album. Yeah. Fuck Kanye, I think he's trash. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, he he. he I've said this for you. It's not just the recent comments. Yeah. Uh, politically, I don't agree with the shit he has to say. Yeah. But I've not, co- you know, college dropout and stuff, mm-hmm. classics. Yeah. He's a fantastic, one of the best producers of all time. Yeah. Clearly. I feel like other than some of his early albums, lyrically, he's not all that impressive. And he has a tendency to mail it in hard. Yeah. I, and again, I've not heard the new yeah. album, so I, I'm not speaking on that. But I, now, I, 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 he's never to me. He's never really been just like this cold lyricist. Yeah. But to me, it's style over substance. To me, yeah. What what he says a lot of times it resonates with me because he says some real shit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like on on the track, it's it's not about 
just being able to just to me it's not about just being able to just rap words it's about telling like like with crit and telling a story and 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 making me understand some shit that maybe i didn't understand before um now he he has had some albums where i'm just like shut up (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah but like to me um what's that beautiful dark twisted fantasy that shit is like one of the best albums like hands down like just albums in general to me because from from production to to song selections uh to to just just everything he did on that album was just like to me phenomenal and that that's a great album um and that was i think that was pre yay fucking up shit (laughs) you know what i'm saying before he just went nuts um and then Yeezus it was like to me that just wasn't for me. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. That that one wasn't for me. But then The Life of Pablo, a lot of people didn't like that album. I like that album. I, I love that album. How come? I, yeah, I don't know. It was something about it. Like I listened to it. Um the production on it is dope. Um I like a lot of the stuff, the things that he tried. To me, an artist and like I mentioned earlier about not being put in a box, I, I like for an artist to experiment and and try different things. And I feel like he did that a lot on this album, on that Life of Pablo. Um, and same thing with this new Ye album. He's he's trying different things sonically, and I I can I can dig that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check it out. Um, I wish I could say I'm going in with an open mind, <laughs> but I got my my biases. And that's that that's what uh, that's gonna affect you. Yeah. Because yeah, if you're going in with with bias already, you're gonna listen to it and you're gonna be like, ah, screw this album. <laughs> what are your? Please tell me you've got opinions on the uh, the Drake Pusha T. <laughs> because <laughs> I got my opinions and I hope you have yours. Yeah, my only opinion is that Drake is soft as Charmin. That's, Thank you. That's like, but he's been soft as Charmin. That's that's been my opinion for a long time. Yeah, about no, Drake. mine too. Like. I when Drake first when I first heard Drake Drake was an unknown and I I heard him on a mixtape and I was like damn this dude cold you know what I'm saying I was like all right but as he started getting more and more popular I noticed that his music became more and more soft and started gearing towards the ladies and that's fine I mean if that's what you want you know make music for the ladies but with this Pusha T Drake beef when you go into a beef and you go into a diss contest um you can't come in soft like you you can't and he he's trying to make with his distance he's trying to make number one songs yeah you know what i mean he was like and push is going into annihilate you and, and that, bury you exactly exactly push is coming in like he's a street dude you're coming in like you're this scholar you're gonna get your ass knocked out fucking around like yeah. that you know what i mean this is this is this is real hip-hop right here you know what i'm saying and uh i think push like push went for his jugular and ripped that and, bitch out and drake came back with a press release yeah it came back with a press <laughs> and now apparently someone Drake is, I guess Drake's saying he ain't the one doing it, but someone's trying to sue him over the picture that he posted of Drake with the, uh, in the blackface. Yeah. I'm just like, come on, bro. You, you taking L's left and right, right? Here. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. That's another L. If you out here trying to sue this man for that, you taking an L again. And you, I think, I think was Drake for a long time has been shielded by his fans. His fans oh, yeah. are, they are stands. Eminem wrote about them a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he's been shielded by them, but this this, this is the one that has exposed him. And his fans can't shield him from this shit. No. Nah, he ain't well, taking this hell. One of my big, two of my big issues with Drake, um, well, one is with Drake and one is with his fans. 
my first issue with Drake is again being Southern, being you know UGK for life, yeah. rap a lot, all of that was when he first started coming up. Um, he he's a you know he's a well-to-do mm-hmm. do well-to-do Canadian, yeah, yeah, who had a show on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that's good for you, make your money, yeah. But then to try to get into the rap game, I felt like, and a lot of people feel like, he came in and co-opted a lot of Southern and Houston culture. Yeah, he definitely tried to sell did. it to the mainstream, and suddenly, oh, this is neat. This is awesome. Oh, he he screws his he slows his words down. This mm-hmm. is great. It's like, no, this has been done for 15, 20 years down yeah. here. Y'all just didn't yeah ever want to listen to it. Yeah. Didn't pay attention to it. Yeah. Um. So the unoriginality and the 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 mm-hmm. culture jacking, he's done a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> he's done, it, it's yeah. unoriginal. He's definitely done. I mean, like on his one of his newest songs, he jacked uh, what's my Project Pat? No, he didn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh goddamn. Oh yeah. He jacked Project Pat. Like I heard it. How? I heard it. I heard the verse. I was like, hold on, hold on. That sounds familiar. Yeah. So I went back and I listened to. uh, I want to say it was on. um, I want to say it was on Getty Green. I need to look up the song and shit, but it was straight jack from like I want to say it was like four to six bars worth of. Project Pat jacket. He didn't do the the project. He didn't do the us, did he? The the project pet. No, no, nah, he didn't do it like I, that. I was, oh, my head would oh, explode if he God, tried to do bro, that. Bro, if he did that shit, I mean, he, he couldn't project even. Project Pat would come up. As yeah, that. yeah. But you could. T- it was it was basically a whole Project Pat verse. Like uh, it was on. I want to say it was on Look Alive. I want to say it was on that new look on his track. Oh, it's not his track, but on Deuce track that he's featured on that Look Alive joint. Because I think I think what they said after after everyone started making a big deal out of him jack, jacking that Project Pat verse is that he was paying homage to Project Pat because the cat cat who he's featured on is from uh, Tennessee or Memphis. Yeah. So it's like since he's doing a track with one of their new artists, he just basically was paying homage. I mean, to me, paying homage to someone is maybe dropping a bar. Yeah. But dropping a full four to six bars, that's jacking. That that's my opinion. J. Cole, I don't remember what song it was. J. Cole had a similar ex girlfriend of mine loves J. Cole. Mm-hmm. Huge fan. Good you know, I get why he's big with the ladies. And he's a conscious dude. I'm yeah. not not trying to hate on him. But he had some song and I heard it and I was like, Well, that's just straight three six mafia. That's <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. yeah, to a degree you're paying homage, but at the same time, mm-hmm. The vibe I'm getting is you're trying to play it off as something new, something new, something and, new and cute. And it's like, well, no, that's been done. Yeah. And see, I, I can't lie and say I've never done that because I have. I've paid to me. I've paid homage because, again, I've I've taken a single bar that someone who I love spit and I spit that bar. And I also paid it forward and said, basically, in the rap, this is where it came from type shit. Yeah. Because. I want people to know that, hey, check that shit out because it's a dope bar. Well, and that's one of the things I love about hip-hop, and especially Southern hip-hop, is it is very self-referential. It is very Mm -hmm. meta. It is, you're going to show love to a UGK Mm -hmm. song or bar, and UGK is going to show love to uh, Eric B. and Rakim. Bun B. had... You know, on a couple lines, but it was very clear I'm paying homage to this song or yeah. Public Enemy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I like that, but I feel like, and and I don't know what makes it sound genuine and what makes it sound <laughs> fake and like you're trying to to jack some. I don't know where that line is to me, but like, you hear it and you, it's a feeling. No, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. 
to me it's 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 especially if you if you try to mask it with your own uh bars as well like okay um like 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 i said drake did it on another song where he basically stole a he whole cop- copied the whole june 27th on one of his early yeah, mixtapes that. and that was more of an homage but at the same yeah, time it's yeah. like look at me auto-tune sing songing over yeah. this see on this one joint he basically copied um rapping forte um he really did a, yeah he did a whole it was the whole verse he did a whole rapping forte verse and then mixed in his own little words with it like he took a, a word out here threw his own word in there and to me that was jacking because not only did you you basically just everyone we can hear you spitting this dude's verse i know that verse you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. so i'm like hold up that's rapping forte but that ain't what he 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 said this right here oh this motherfucker trying to he trying to mask it a little bit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He's trying so, to pull one over on rapgenius.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, all right, hold up, man. To me, that's that's when it's jacking. It's like, why why are you... I get you trying to make it your own, but if while doing that, it also feels disingenuous. It feels Very. like you're stealing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I don't know. It's, it's a fine line. The other thing, so I was saying, you know, his... The perceived stealing of culture bothers me, but the other thing that bothers me about, and this isn't just his fans, it's fans of a lot of different popular rappers, and it's an argument I get in with friends more than I should because I'm a stubborn asshole and I like to argue, (laughs) but when you start to argue with people about or discuss who's the best, who's good, who's great, people, oh, Drake's one of the greatest. Well, no, he sells, a, like, t- to me, there's a very distinct line between popular mm-hmm. and good or talented or classic. Um, and a lot of people want to equate the two. Oh, well, he's he's the biggest rapper alive right now. He sells all these albums. That's that's great. MC yeah. Hammer sold a whole lot of albums, yeah, too. Exactly. Doesn't mean he's an all-time great. Exactly. He's got... Yeah. The skills that other rappers have. You'll get no argument from me with that one because that's that's exactly how I feel about it. It's like MC Hammer was one of the most popping rappers at in his time, but he wasn't the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, sold, he outsold everybody, but he wasn't the best. It makes me think about uh, Master P. Yeah. Master yeah. P, not one of the best rappers. Below average rapper, I yeah. would say. But... To his credit, his impact on the culture, he was Jay-Z and Puff Daddy mm-hmm. a little bit before Jay-Z and Puff Daddy. He was a yeah. mogul in, before uh, moguls. In 98, I think they put out, I want to say like five or six platinum albums or yeah. something like that. It was it was ridiculous. No Limit was just dropping platinum after they platinum. Represented, he represented Ricky Williams in the yeah. NFL. I it, mean... Yeah, and his um his MP the Last Dawn album went like four times platinum. Like, and he sucks as a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I listened to the album. I tried to recently, and I was like, yeah, no, this is not a go Get, for me. Ghetto D still goes pretty hard though. Ghetto D goes hard, but that had a lot of features. A yeah, a lot of good features too. Yeah, so I was like, ah, right. and the production on that, to me. In that era, beats by the pound. Oh my god, you couldn't fuck with them in production. Them them boys had them them drums like crazy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the visuals, um, the marketing. He was he was brilliant. But yeah, he was a garbage rapper, <laughs> which is why I'm not about to go and say, well, he was super popular. He sold all these albums. He's one of the best rappers of all time. Yeah, I'm sorry, I missed that. I'm just, talk, I got distracted. Talk about masterpiece. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Um. So. 
in the Dallas area, are you trying to hook up with any any of that scene? Or are you still yeah. more hooked into the the Austin scene from Dallas? I'm trying to get. I'm just now starting to get plugged into the Dallas scene. Um, I'm gonna start doing some some open mic stuff out there just to uh, just to mingle. Yeah, you know what I'm saying with people and uh, and other artists. Um, I have a cousin out there who who's already in the scene who uh, I'm gonna start linking up with. And uh, probably do a track or two with him and some of his homies, and just just kind of acclimate myself to those rappers out there and let them know that uh, I got some bars, I got uh, some plays. There's a couple names I'll throw at you. Just see if you're familiar. Are you familiar with uh, Blue the Misfit? Yes, I'm familiar with him. Have I you? don't know him in, personally, but okay. I'm familiar with his music. Um, we've talked about this before. Add. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. they're <laughs> they're so underrated in my book. Yeah, but uh, you need to hook up with Paris up there in Dallas. Paris. Paris Prashan. So, you know, I think you know Slim. Yeah, I know Slim. Um, he's down here in Austin these days. I thought he moved back. He came back again. He came back He's again. back in okay. Austin again. All right. Um, but Paris is uh, Arius Walls, mm -hmm. the other half of ADD. Okay. He's still up in Dallas um, doing things. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you two on a track would <laughs> be fire. I'd like to hear that. Uh, hey, if we can make it happen, I'll make it happen because, yeah, them boys is, uh, them boys is nice. Yeah, was nice. Um, I'm trying to get both them on this on the show. Hmm. Both agreed to it, but I gotta actually yeah. coordinate it. So you yeah. see how long it took yeah. me to coordinate yeah. this with you, and you're one dude. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's gonna be, yeah. I, I bet that's gonna be a little little finagling. Have to go on to get that. Thing. Yeah, I gotta I gotta talk to them both and figure out how to make that work. Yeah. Um, who in Dallas are you enjoying? Like, who are your favorite Dallas rappers? That man, don't put me on the spot. I can't even. I can't even call it. I'd say ADD, but they haven't released anything in a minute. They had. They were supposed to be doing a um a show. Uh, damn, did they ever do it? I don't know. They had. I was at their last show in Dallas. Ooh, that reunion show, right? About a year. Yeah, yeah almost. A, almost a year ago now. Damn, has it been that long? Oh, um, see, I've been getting out, up there. I've been out the game for a minute. Damn. They had that one, yeah, kind of one reunion show. Mm -hmm. I actually drove Slim to that show. Yeah, see, yeah, that's um, probably the one I'm thinking of because, damn, damn. Yeah, and long. what was crazy is they, were, they weren't they were even headlining. They oh, were really? an opener. What? And it was it was Bobby Sessions and uh, I think they're called the Bodega Boys or something. I never yeah, heard yeah, them. I heard them. Um, but ADD was basically the, the last opener before the headliners. Mm-hmm. And this this club, the show, you had 20, 30 people watching this opener. Mm -hmm. 20, 30 people watching the next opener. Mm -hmm. ADD goes on. This bitch is packed with <laughs> 200 people. Yeah. Kills it. Everybody's tearing the, the rafters off the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. They're done. Everybody goes out with ADD. The headliners go up. And there's 15 people in that fucking club. Jesus. It was it was really <laughs> neat to see, but it's also you you got an understanding of their impact on mm -hmm. the uh, Dallas scene. scene. Yeah, for real. For um, real. Shout out to ADD. Shout out to ADD. What's good, Slim? <laughs> um, who are some of your favorite rappers here in Austin? Because I'm, and I know you. I know a kid. Yeah, kids a little dope. bit. Um, I, I am gonna say this. He's not in Austin anymore. Uh, but lately I've been listening to Y2. Y2, um, he's a motherfucking monster. Where's he? He he moved over to California. Okay. And he he just recently did a track with Tech Nine that's making a lot of noise. Tech Nine. Um, 
old is Tech Nine? He's got to be 75 years old. <laughs> and Tech Nine will wrap circles around every rapper oh, yeah. like, easily. And motherfucker's cold. Uh, but yeah, he did a track with Tech Nine. It's Tech Nine's new single. Um, I want to call. I want to say something about Mosh Pit. No reason. It's called the name of the song is called No Reason, and it's like the Mosh Pit song. Oh my god, it just it, it go. But yeah, why two? He he's and again, I, I like I mentioned earlier. I like for artists to experiment and try new things. And why two is one of those artists who just gives zero fucks. Yeah. He's gonna try what he's gonna try, and it's gonna. It, sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's a miss, but he tries it. You know what I'm saying? And I dig that shit. His um his um mixtape Wayne series. If you haven't heard it, check that shit out. Okay. Uh, mixtape Wayne. I want to say his third one is probably my favorite, man. Mixtape Wayne three. I've been bumping that shit like crazy. I use that shit to work out too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy. So Y two is probably my favorite rapper out of Austin right now. Um, then after Y two, I'd say um. Oh shit! Let me think. Uh, who else to, to the fuck with that's dope as shit out here? I mean, there's so many. Like, Click Clack, he's dope. Uh, fucking uh, League of Extraordinary G's, even though they aren't together and producing new music, they're dope. Uh, I'd say the the components from them, like, say, uh, Lil Bully, uh, what's, what's his fucking name? Uh, he Goes Hard, uh, fucking S. Dot Goes Off, um, uh, Dominican J, you know what I'm saying? Um yeah, there's there's a lot. <laughs> there's there's so many. I got so many names just jumbled up in my head right now. I just can't get them all. To Is it out. frustrating being an Austin rapper in a city that doesn't really celebrate its hip hop culture? It's very very frustrating because you get people like Shaky Graves and and all that stuff like mm-hmm. acoustics and they get blown the fuck up. But it's I mean it's kind of. It's kind of. You feel like you have to go perform more in Dallas and Houston because of it, or I well, or yeah. do you just kind of work to blow the Austin scene up? I'll say I'll say it like this: like, like it's gonna. Uh, I guess it's kind of cliche at this point, but uh, this is America. You know what I'm saying? It, it is what it is. I mean, it's it's like that towards our culture everywhere. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not gonna change. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, but this is America, so it. I mean, it, <laughs> the the scene is is skewed a certain way because they don't want a certain demographic in the clubs. That's what it is. Yeah. So. Well, we, that's we, why we, like uh, Texas Relays, half of Sixth Street shuts down. Shuts the fuck down. Yeah. They <laughs> they, they 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 hide. They don't want the money. It, it's weird because Texas Relays is packed. Oh yeah. Full of people. But it's full of the wrong people, the wrong color people. Well, and you'll hear people make that same complaint about South by Southwest. Now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. just a whole bunch of rappers on it. I was like, yeah, I, I love it. It's yeah, great. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Exactly. And it is weird because there's still a whole bunch of rock on it, too. I go down there to 6th Street for South by, and all I hear as I'm walking 6th is just drums and guitars and i love it because i love rock music and i i don't i'm looking around for the rap i'm like where is the rap and i hear other people complain about there being too much rap and i'm like i can't find the fucking rap where is it you know what i'm saying like i'm walking down the street and all i hear in every fucking club is rock i don't know maybe that's just me and i'm and i'm a rapper and i can't find the rap so if i don't get it (laughs) um have you did you showcase the South by, didn't you? Yeah, twice. How'd that go? Dope. 
Yeah. 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 Dope. You open up with anybody? Uh, we the might know. F- uh, first time. Who was it? Uh, God, it's right at the tip of my tongue. It was um, Dead Presidents. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Dead Presidents. Dead Press. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's, oh, Dead Presidents. Dead Press. <laughs> yeah, it was Dead Press. Do, do you have plans to do more South Bys? Like, do you want to stay doing that? I have, to, I have to start putting out more content. Yeah. Like I gotta I gotta get my name back out there and get it blowing up again because they ain't gonna give a shit about me from shit that I did four years ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I gotta I gotta release this new content. Hopefully this new content blows and then they catch a whiff of it again. Like, oh yeah, we smell you. Let's go. Does it do you ever get uh discouraged? Do you ever think about just giving the whole thing up? You've you've talked about it a little bit before. Yeah. On all social media, all the time. I mean, hell, I haven't done anything to. I'm I, for those who don't know, will be listening. Today is June 9th. We're recording, and I will be doing a show tonight. Yeah, my that's first, why you're in town. Yeah, my first show in over a year. Like I haven't performed, written, done. Oh, well, I can't say I haven't written, but I haven't performed or really done much with the music thing in about a year, and that's just because. Life happens, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And I was like, I took a break, needed to recharge the battery, and now the battery is fully charged, and it's, like, it's time to go. <laughs> Which, what's your ultimate goal? We're, we're we're getting on a little over an hour. Probably time to start wrapping up. No, you got to go get checked in and stuff for your show tonight. Yeah. But I guess I'll leave on this. Do you have an ultimate goal somewhere you want to be? Do you have a, a summit of the mountaintop, if you will? For me, to be honest, and I've said this to people before, I don't care about fame. I don't care if everyone knows my name. The one thing I want out of this music shit is to just be able to live off of the music shit. Okay. Like, I, I have this thing in me that does not want to work for anyone. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that we as humans are put on this earth to work our, our lives day in and day out for other people. Yeah. If I'm going to work, I want the work to be done for me. So if I can get to a point where I don't have to work for another person, I can just live off of my music, create music when I want to create it and have that music sustain me. I'm good, man. I'm good. That's, that's the dream. You think you can, you think you can do that? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, Suba, I've kept you here long enough. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm probably going to pass you to come do this again. Mm -hmm. We'll talk shit on some more rappers. That'll work. Um, why don't you tell everybody the the social media, Instagram, website? How do they find you? Man, just just go at that boy Super on anything. At that boy Super uh, Instagram. Actually, I think I changed it on Twitter, so it's gonna be at Trilluminate. It'll probably go back to that boy Super again, but for now, it's at Trilluminate, and then um, it's the same thing on pretty much all my social media. So you can just just Google that boy Super D A T B O Y S U P A, and you'll find me. Check him out on Spotify, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, and then make sure when you holler at me, say fuck Super because he ain't shit. He ain't shit, but I still love you, man. Already. Thanks for coming on. It never hurts to ask. Appreciate it.